Hey, I'm Johnny King, and I'm a life enthusiast, growth mentor, and lifestyle fulfillment coach, which means I've dedicated my entire life to helping anyone who feels like they're not making the most of their potential to level up and live the extraordinary life of their dreams. You deserve to be the king or queen of your own kingdom, and I'll be alongside to help you be the best version that you can be. I'm psyched that you're here, so let's get to it. Yo, it's Johnny King. What's going on, everybody? It's Johnny King. This is my show, The Johnny King Show. Uh, and I couldn't be more privileged and excited to have in the studio, quote-unquote, studio, as in this hotel room, than my very own father, Herb King. What's up? Not much. Just really celebrate the holiday. Just celebrating the holiday. Yep. You are my real father, correct? Yes, that's what the birth certificate claimed. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. You I'm got not, it? I'm not adopted? Nope. Pretty sure oh. since we saw that one photo that of you at 10 or 12 or something, I, I think it looks exactly like me. Yep. That we're, we're blood. From the knees up. <laughs> From the knees up. Because we have very different feet. We have very different feet. Long fellows. <laughs> Long Poets. fellows. Yeah. Poets. Move this. Uh, move your your microphone actually a little bit closer to your mouth. I'm just gonna lower my mouth. But no, there it's you go. To move the mic. There you go. Okay, got it. <clears throat> awesome. Thanks again for being here. It's fun to vacation together a little bit. Get some pre-Christmas as of the recording of this. This right. is not gonna air until after Christmas, but right. It's fun it's to hang out. Beautiful we're, day in the mountains. <clears throat> we're in the desert mountains. Yeah, we're actually in Scottsdale. Laying low, just hanging out. Paradise Valley, I think they call it. Really? Mm-hmm. Huh. Yep. It's paradise out there. Yep. Good thing we're hanging out inside right now. Looking at the uh, palm trees and the cactuses. It's gorgeous, right uh, nestled into the Camelback Mountain. Right. It is beautiful. Nice, crystal clear day. Nice little change of pace from yep. the inside of my house all year. About 70 degrees. Yeah. Better than the view out my window in Florida. <laughs> Look at my view, and I, all I can see is water on one side and water on the other. What? The Gulf on one side and the Atlantic on the other. Yeah, it's you got so a flat. very, very high-rise house then, apparently. You got no, great vision. It's very flat. Very flat. <laughs> now living in Orlando. Now living in Orlando. Yeah. Yep. Calling that home. Yep. Yep. Can't complain. Nope. Me and Mickey Mouse. Minnie Mouse. <laughs> Goofy. Yep. And my grandkids. And your grandkids who like to come visit you and the Disney characters often. Love it. I love it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great spot to be. Great seven blessed. seven grandkids. So far, seven. Yep. Yeah. I haven't told you about the couple that I have. <laughs> it's okay. You can tell me later. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's for another episode. Another Absolutely. episode. My uh, bastard children. Well, fill in everyone on... Now, there's, you know, Pete, my brother, has uh, an interview similar to, to this, obviously, with you on his podcast. I don't necessarily want to uh, rehash the same things, although I'm sure there'll be some overlap. But give, uh, just give the, the, the listeners a, the 30-second 30, 30 overview of the last 73 years. In 30 seconds? Yeah. Ready? Go. All right. Um, started out abused, neglected, hungry, <laughs> and uh, continued to do the same to others as I <laughs> yeah. age in my uh, 
as graceful as I can. And time. Great. That mm-hmm. was amazing. Yep. yep. That yep. was really good. There you guys. Uh, there you go. <laughs> there you go, guys. Uh, <laughs> That's why you're so good at what you do. You've been doing problem solving all your life. Exactly. Hungry. I, I laughed at the hungry part. Hungry, yes. That's kind of true. It is very true, yes. <laughs> you are a foodie at heart. By the time, do you serve, do you serve tr- treats? Yeah. Serve snacks here? Yeah, I have this fanny pack. Johnny Johnny King Show snack pack? Yeah. I like that. <laughs> the Johnny King Show snack pack. Every time you give me, uh, you know, some some props, I'll throw you a little piece of candy. Yep. <laughs> I like that. It's. Uh, I can be trained. Yeah, exactly. Trained who says snacks. old dogs can't new, learn new tricks? Exactly. Yep. Oof. So you were uh, born and raised in Minnesota? Born in Minnesota. Minnesota? Yes. Born, mo- Minnesota, yeah. Why Lots you, of crazy you, people. Why don't you Lots have a Minnesota Swedes. accent? Lots of Swedish women. <laughs> Swedish yeah, women. They have horns like on their head <laughs> and fur on their chest. Why don't you have a, a Minnesota accent? Or I suppose I lost it when I went to New York. New, oh, was that your New York accent? Almost. New York. New York. <laughs> Anyone that listens to this podcast is going to know, okay, that's, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. That's why Johnny is the way that he is. Yep. You got it. <clears throat> I do tease because you tease. I'd be I like th- the surprise because you I like think the surprise. that's true. I think that's kind of a genetic thing. It started with my dad years ago. And uh, he used to do it to his friends and they would do it back to him and then that's he right. did it to us. And honestly, it, it makes life a lot more fun. Yeah. What, what's what been the, the greatest, speaking of tricksters and surprises, you surprised us a lot when we were growing up, but what's been maybe your favorite surprise to date? Would I don't know that I have a friends? favorite. I don't know if I have a favorite. One of your top three or um, five. Well, one of the ones that I remember as you as a kid was one of my favorites because <laughs> um, we were going to go to Florida and – I had to fly down ahead of time because I don't like to drive <laughs> with five <laughs> kids in the car. You had and to I fly had business. Down. Yeah. I had business. And so I invited your oldest sister, Katie, to join me. But on the way to the airport, it was clear that uh, Peter wasn't feeling well. So I said to Katie, would you mind if Peter went instead? The expression on her face was kind of <laughs> all telling. She did not ch- relish the idea of three days in the car with all these siblings. Yeah. So uh, your mother and I had planned was we were all going to go on the airplane so we surprised everybody at the airport and said well, well then why don't we all go on the plane so yeah. two and a half hours later we were at disney world that was amazing i remember being like what really i think it was the first time we all flew anyplace oh yeah i think finally we could with all the, the uh, frequent flyer miles we'd <laughs> saved on food yeah by buying low price high volume food for all of you <laughs> right. we could fly to florida right yeah I, yeah everything up to that point was always road trips with five kids oh it was so much fun yeah <laughs> so no, much it fun. really was fun actually some of them a few one or two were fun yeah i think we drove a lot of places and you just flew to meet up with us well that was the summer <laughs> that your mother decided <laughs> she was going to leave us <laughs> Remember? She was going to leave us just she, as she was done with Connecticut. Yeah. She was done with Connecticut. She said, I'm out of here. And I said, what do you mean? She said, I think I'm going to go on a six-week tour of the Midwest. I said, how are you going to do that? And she said, I'm going to load the kids in the van. I'm going to drive for six weeks. And I said, well, then that'll work out because every Friday night I'll fly to wherever you are. <laughs> I'll join you for the weekend off my back to New York. And that's what we did. 
It wasn't even just the Midwest, though. We went to Yellowstone and Mount Rushmore. Right, right. There's all the scenic spots, which he thought was important for for education. Oh, I'll never forget it. It was a great summer. Yeah, it was fun. Did you have your cousins with you, too, Josh? I think we just had Josh at one point. Yeah. So there was was a single single mom at the moment with six kids. Yep. I think Molly was less than one year at the time. Yeah, I think she was nursing, as I remember. That's, uh... She'd pull over the side of the road and nurse Molly and then get back on the road. And sometimes she'd just not stop. She'd just nurse as she drove. <laughs> she multitasked. Yeah. That's, you know, there's no texting and driving. But back then, you could you could nurse and drive. Right. Sure. You mm. only need one hand. Wasn't on the <clears throat> driver's test. Didn't say you couldn't do it. <laughs> I do remember at one point during, those tri- during that trip, as, uh, as you've well heard, you weren't there, but. Everyone in the in the entire car was crying. I do remember that. I remember <laughs> hearing that. Yes, including your mother. Yeah. I think she'd had it by then. Yeah. She was looking for a an orphan she could drop everybody off yeah. at. Yeah. Wondering who could cry the loudest. I think to, uh, to get the most attention. I don't know who got that cherished award, but I think any one of you could have qualified. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. But uh, so you were born and raised in Minnesota, and mm-hmm. then <clears throat> your upbringing was. From what I understand, the stories you've told me was was so joyous, well, so much fun that you wanted to stay home <laughs> as long as you could. <laughs> I just wanted to grow up in the worst way. I wanted to grow up really fast. I wanted, <laughs> I wanted to be an adult because I knew I'd be successful if I could just get to be an adult. And I couldn't seem to rush that. So, but things were not uh, not necessarily the best at home. Well, they weren't they weren't horrible, but they weren't awesome. Relatively speaking, they weren't horrible. But they must no. have been pretty. They must have been. I was thinking about that. Like, for for the the father wounds that I've talked about on this show, with you just not being there. But I had a p- pretty great upbringing. Otherwise, right? There must have been something too that like pushed you to where once you turned eighteen, you were out the door. You were you were pretty mar- motivated. I was out right? the door when I was sixteen. Sixteen. Yeah, sophomore year in high school. So you were out. Was it so much the family, or was it? growing up poor or what was like all it was everything you know it's interesting because the perspective that i have now makes it look a lot wor- less worse than it was at the time it appeared to be right and that means what i mean basically is at the time i was contrasting my life to what i perceived others lives were like mm-hmm. and i don't better but <laughs> at that time everybody seemed to be more wealthy join more country clubs uh, take more fabulous trips, mm-hmm. uh, have lots more than we did. And I was working, delivering newspapers and uh, coming up with Boy Scout candy to sell mm-hmm. and uh, earning every dime to get myself away to private school, which ultimately I did do. Right. And, uh, yeah, and it really wasn't as horrible as I thought it was. And I think it was just my expectations were unrealistic for that age. But, you know, at the same time, though, like – you know pain is all relative right right and you know sure you weren't growing up without electricity and water you know in other parts of the the world that you could have been you're born into the great united states and yet at the same time relative to your environment it was still pretty painful wouldn't you say well it was lower middle class and there was a little uh, dysfunction in the house in the living room and the bedroom and the kitchen. <laughs> there was, matter of fact, it was dysfunction. I think my mother decorated with dysfunction, to tell you the truth. Decorated with dysfunction. Yeah. yeah. 
In what way? Explain that a little bit more. Um, well, there was, a, I guess it was when I was older that I recognized that she never told us she loved us. Um, she showed it in many ways. My father never told us he loved us. They never touched each other. Yeah. And uh, yet I had four siblings, which were um, amazingly uh, dysfunctional as well. Mm -hmm. As a result, I guess we were all yearning for something more than we were getting. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, you know, I look now back and I see that uh, if I reemphasize the points of uh, love being expressed, <clears throat> it doesn't seem quite as horrible as it seemed when I was uneducated in self-awareness. Sure. But you did experience it, I mean, as an uneducated uh, or emotionally unintelligent right. individual at the time, which we all go through that those phases of being young. It still was a pretty major struggle. It, it was a struggle, like. yeah. It was... Uh, and it shaped you. Right. And it did shape me. And it made me, um, made me want to get out... Um, because I really wanted my own space. Did you feel safe? I don't think I felt safe in, in the, the home. Um, because my brother and my dad were always uh, at each other. Your oldest brother. <coughs> right. Right. <coughs> but um, Even fist fighting it sometimes, right? Coming to blows? Yes, yes. Which is why you love confrontation now? That's why I wear boxing gloves <laughs> as my winter mittens instead of... <laughs> right. Which is why uh, we're being funny that he really dislikes confrontation. Right. I don't like confrontation. Avoid at all costs, yeah. Not at all costs, you know. Sometimes it's just fun to smack somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Gratefully not your kids. Gratefully not my kids. Yeah. That, that stopped. That uh, traditional value stopped with you. No, I, in our I, family. Think, I think my fuse is much longer than most people's. And I put up with a lot of crap and... Ultimately, I'll snap, right. but it, it's, it takes me a long time, and then ultimately, you get a bigger snap. But that's that's a lot of guys as well too. They like repress it and keep yep. it in, myself included. And then once it boils over, it pops. Yes, uh, yes, I've, I've noticed that. <laughs> for <clears throat> for not only you and I, but for a lot of a lot of men, I feel like, which I think is important. Why you for any of us speak our gotta speak those emotions speak truth. first yeah speak our truth before it gets to be this gigantic monster right. that leaps out of you right yeah but so eventually i got out of the house i went away to school and uh came home every christmas this time of year was always fun because i'd be looking forward to it ever since you know maybe halloween mm -hmm. and then i get to thanksgiving and we'd uh have our thanksgiving down there and i went to school in st louis and then uh, I'm looking forward to coming home for Christmas, and I know the Christmas tree is up, and I know the presents are under the tree, and I mm -hmm. know that my mom's got Christmas music on, and my siblings are all, you know, sitting around waiting for the tree mm. gifts to be opened. And I get home, and the tree's not up, the music's not playing, <laughs> the kids are tearing each other apart, clothes apart, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah. There are no gifts, and uh, the only thing we have is a welcome a doorbell. We're greeting the Grinch. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it was just a little painful. And then probably a day after Christmas, I couldn't wait to get back to yeah. school. And I had about 10 days at home yet. <laughs> you you even told us last night over dinner, <clears throat> uh, me, my older brother, my younger sister, that you remembered 
a time when or times when you'd be on one side of the fence and some of your friends who were parts of the country club were on the other side and they oh, yeah. give you ice cream or something like that? No. Or what? They I don't you. settle for ice cream. They have to have French fries. French fries. Then, then I it come, was French then fries. Then I come it? across the fence. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was delivering newspapers to the country club. And this was this did help shape my life in lots of ways because I recognized that there was a lot happier, uh, at least a perception of, yeah, mm-hmm. perception of uh, a happier life. And that was um, what my friends were experiencing on their parents' dime. Mm-hmm. And that was at the country club swimming pool in the summertime and Occasionally, I'd talk them into inviting me to the French fry side of the fence, <laughs> and otherwise, I was looking at the Lincoln and the the Cadillacs and the Mercury cars that were in the lot. And I thought, someday, I'm going to live like that. Mm. And uh, I had a vision for myself, and I didn't realize the power of that vision. But ultimately, that vision of uh, doing well uh, took me to New York. But would you say now, looking back, seventy three? years in the making that now that you own that Mercury and Cadillac right <laughs> that life is so much happier you know it's interesting because um initially I was going after the money I thought the money was the problem that's what I lacked and uh about when I turned about 40 your mother says to me I think she says I think I've got, I've got it. And I said, what do you mean you've got it? And she says, I finally figured you out. She said, you're not in it for the money, are you? And by then I'd realized I wasn't in it for the money. I really love the game. And she identified that. So business to me was really just um, a series of obstacles and opportunities to overcome them and create value for other people. And as a result, uh, gain uh, financial uh, wealth as a result of that success. Mm-hmm. If I didn't succeed, I didn't get the re- return. Mm-hmm. But the fulfillment that came from uh, doing the right thing and looking for um, solutions that were beneficial to mankind, that's what really got me going. It still does. It still does. You mentioned, though, that uh, Nana, your mom, she would oftentimes talk about her brother in right. front of your dad, right? Her her brother was a multimillionaire. Yes, was a very well, uh, very well-to-do, self-made man, right? Self-made, yeah. He started in the warehouse. I'm just wondering, would you say that uh, because she didn't tell you guys very much, she showed you, but she didn't tell you guys that she loved you guys that much? Do you feel like your desire to also make money was a way to hopefully get her love, um, or your dad's love, or both? Not my dad's love. My mother's approval was real important. She was a, a major cheerleader for all the kids. Mm-hmm. My dad wasn't around that much. He was mm-hmm. working seven jobs, so three or four jobs all the time, seven yeah. days a week. Yeah, um, He'd drive a school bus. He'd work at the post office in addition to the business that he owned mm-hmm. because it wouldn't always pay the bills. And she was always there cheering us on. Mm-hmm. But she'd always say, you know, you're doing a great job, but, you know, don't forget your Uncle Carol. <laughs> Uncle Carol, because Uncle Carol, they all grew up there during the Depression they had no money, and ultimately he got a job in this um, distribution company sweeping the uh, warehouse. Mm-hmm. And over the 15 or 20 years, um, maybe longer, probably 30 years, he ended up owning it. And uh, he was making millions of dollars in the 60s. Mm-hmm. So he was the uh, shining light in their family and ours too. And we'd always go to their home for Christmas Eve, and it was always um, pretty pretty. Fabulous, pretty incredible. 
and um, that kind of gave you a taste of what you could aspire for too. Yeah, I knew what I wanted. I mean, that was right in my face, and I every year was a good reminder. Yeah, of what could be, and the the joy on people's faces, and the kids having a cake and ice cream at Christmas, and mm-hmm. Santa Claus coming to visit. One of the uncles would always dress up as Santa Claus and come down with a big, come into the room and we'd be called from upstairs, from downstairs and he'd have bells and he'd have a big sack over his back full of presents that the parents had prepared for us. Mm-hmm. And it was um, pretty, pretty incredible. Relatively speaking, most, most of my friends didn't have that. Even the wealthy ones didn't have that kind of a Christmas. And mm-hmm. That's what I ultimately aspired to give to all of you. That's pretty cool. Really, really cool. Well, looking back, uh, knowing what you know now, mm-hmm. I mean, you've done a lot of personal growth over the last <laughs> 13, 14, 15 years, I'd say. Right. Especially since mom passed away <clears throat> in 06. But what advice would you give your 40-year-old self? Because that was right around the time that you embarked on entrepreneurship. Right. What, what type of advice would you give, knowing what you know now, your forty-year-old self. That's really easy. What's that? It's really easy. The self-awareness um, journey in the last fourteen, fifteen years, since your mom passed, as you mentioned, um, yeah. has been incredibly valuable to me. And had I had that at age forty, I wouldn't have gone through what I went through. In what for sense? Twenty years. What did you go through for twenty? Well, years? what I went through was um, even at forty years old, I didn't have a lot of self-worth. I hadn't confirmed to myself that I was worthy of um, success. Mm-hmm. So I, your mother and I had a lot in common relative to the fact that if we weren't successful, we just worked harder. So I had a great work ethic. It was a great example. My dad set forth for all us kids. And um, we started early. We worked you know, long hours as kids mm-hmm. and worked in his business and so forth. But what I didn't get was the self-worth. And now through self, self-awareness study, I recognized that I had it it was just a, a decision that I hadn't confirmed. I hadn't told myself and decided that I was worthy of the didn't good in my it. life. Right, I didn't believe it. Mm-hmm. So for 20 years of growing my business, I was still gun-shy relative to um, how I worked with my customers, what I was willing to accept with my employees and not accept with my employees. Um, and it probably would have been more harmonious for everyone had I had that self-assurance mm-hmm. and be- most importantly for myself I probably would have become a different person well I wonder if I mean a big would you say that it's accurate maybe not but would you say it's accurate a big part of your drive for um, you know quote unquote success financial success at least was like we've already talked about a lot of those memories you have when you were little but also the the feeling that you know, you would then be respected or appreciated or loved if you were to be highly financially successful? I suppose that might have been in the back of my thought relative to my fa- my my mom. Yeah. Um, as I said, she was a huge cheerleader. Didn't matter what I did, she was a, she was always there to support me. Yeah. Um, my dad and I didn't, we had a little conflict. He didn't really understand me and Whenever he'd get upset, I'd just make him laugh, um, which probably confused him even more because <laughs> it confuses me come to, think, come to think of it. Right, right. <laughs> so um, I don't know if I answered your question. No, it's all good. I, I think 
you said too, like a big part of getting out of the house at 16 and your drive was to be quote unquote successful. But then you also said like, if you could tell yourself from 73 to 43, let's say 30 years ago, that you would have been more apt to convince yourself that going by the way of self-mastery and figuring out emotional intelligence and getting below the surface would really right. have helped you. It wouldn't have helped me because I would have had a more balanced life. That's what I'm wondering, as I wonder, you might have been around for us I would have more, been around more, yeah. But I also, I wonder if that would have robbed you of some of the drive. I don't. You, you took I don't such think so. massive risks. I took I a lot of risks. I don't You're think right. the average person would take. I feel like you were extremely driven to take massive risks because I felt like you were in search of something that was kind of elusive. Is that true? Or it's it's true, but I don't know that that would have changed. I still take massive risks. Yeah, and I don't need to. I just like. Just like thin ice, I guess. I grew up in Minnesota. <laughs> right. um, I think at 40, I would have been having a more balanced life, and therefore I would have been, like you said, I would have been around more. And more importantly, it would have been um, ultimately more fulfilling than the, the life I led. The life I led was pretty pretty amazing because the, uh, the, the risks we took and the rewards I got for receiving patents and... Uh, UL listings and making this uh, vision of uh, prosperity and uh, benefiting mankind mm-hmm. all rea- a reality would have probably still occurred. I can't imagine it wouldn't have occurred, and maybe it would have occurred either faster or better. More, most importantly, more, it would have been more fulfilling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was pretty pretty amazing. It was fulfilling. I, sh- I shouldn't doubt. I don't want to shortchange that because it was pretty. When it brings tears to your eyes, it, you know when you get a ULS thing, and it brings tears to your eyes when you get a patent, and because mm-hmm. you know it's changing your life, that's pretty fulfilling. Mm-hmm. But it's also pretty lonely when you're the only one, you know, enjoying the journey, right? Because you're so focused on working twenty four seven, right? <clears throat> right. You're absolutely right. So that's kind of like like I've talked about many times. The we've talked about with Tony Robbins the science of achievement and the art of fulfillment. If you win the game of achievement, it can then kind of feel kind of lonely because you've got all these things, but you necessarily don't have what fulfills you, which might be quality time with the family or right. adventure or, you know, I do wonder if a lot of the risks you've taken entrepreneurially are just for adventure. Because I feel like a lot of men, myself included, want to create something because it's the exciting part of life. Yeah, it's interesting because um, some people create things for a legacy. Other people create things because it. Uh, I don't. I don't think those are the only two categories, but it makes yeah. them feel good. Yeah. I'm more of the feel good kind of guy. Mm-hmm. I like to create it. I don't really care about the legacy. I don't care if the name is still on the company doors or not. I really care about uh, you know the good that I've generated in my life and the people that I've touched and the lives that have touched me and I've been so blessed by. Mm-hmm. That's really what life to me is more about. Right. No, it makes sense. Now, what do you feel like has been, um, thinking about your greatest achievements thus far, and you're not done because you're still out there taking some big risks <laughs> in business yeah. and everything else. What do you feel like uh, up to this point have been like a couple of your greatest achievements? Your three, um, your three greatest achievements. 
not in order, but. You know, it's interesting because I guess you could say getting the first job in New York, the first major job was pretty incredible because I doubled my salary and I knew it was changing my life. When mm -hmm. I got that job, I got into broadcasting television. It was a job that you can't get into without experience or connections, and I had neither one. Mm -hmm. So breaking into that was amazing. So that was number one, maybe. Number two probably would be getting my patent years later and being in my own business, mm -hmm. um, taking that risk of starting a new business and not only surviving the first three years, which they say is very difficult to do, mm -hmm. but doing it for 30 years and then deciding to sell out, mm -hmm. sell the company. Um, and number three, probably the more fulfilling, as you find, uh, is coaching other people and touching other people's lives and seeing them the ripple effect of good mm -hmm. occurring mm -hmm. because if you can touch one person's life in a, <clears throat> in a major way, it affects other people around them and they're the people around them and the people around them and it goes on and on mm -hmm. and on mm -hmm. infinitely. And that's really where the, the world has changed. Well, that's where I've seen you change the most in probably the last decade. It's been that shift from, you know, maybe focusing on acquisition to focusing more on, you know, fulfillment, and giving back and pouring into the community and other people, but also especially with your five children, with all of us, you know? Yeah. Um, just with your knowledge and your time and, and all the other support that you give. But I think that's cool. Those are the three greatest achievements. I love that. Um, is there anything that you regret in life? Um, you know, I wouldn't change anything. And I've often been asked that question before, and I wouldn't change anything because then I wouldn't be who I am. Right. Because the experiences along the road, the, the life lessons that I've learned have shaped who I am. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know that I really have any regrets. I guess um, <clears throat> I regret that there might be not 48 hours in every day <laughs> instead of 24. Right. Because we could get so much more done. Right. Well, you, you, uh, you talked about how you kind of wished you had sought out being an actor at one point, didn't you? Yep. Yeah, I could see you being on stage. <coughs> so not so much maybe a regret, but something that you would have loved to do if you had those 48 hours. Well, I did I did do a stint on, on stage. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, as I said, I did do a stint on stage. When we were um, living in Jacksonville, Florida, we were transferred down there. I had an opportunity to work in local theater, and it was a disaster. Um, Charlie Brown pardon me is that when you did Charlie Brown no that was, was in college college or high school that was a success <clears throat> that was a big success yeah but in uh, the in the real world as an adult it was horrible mm. so I learned hard, the hard way that um, you know some people are good at sales and some people are good at acting and I was better at sales mm. so I went right back to where it was safe <laughs> and where I had some experience and some skills I had no skills in being an actor. It's mm -hmm. good. Well, if you were able to go back in time, let's say, and visit your 10-year-old self, what would you tell that little guy who's just getting his life started? Mm, that's a good question. Knowing what I know now? Just, yeah, about how life has turned out and I'd say go back for another peanut butter and jelly sandwich because it's all going to work out. 
in that order. See, yeah. I always I always put the peanut butter and jelly ahead of the workout. Yeah, always. <laughs> I don't know. Um, that's an interesting question. I guess. Um, what do you feel like that little ten year old? I guess I would, wanted to hear maybe. maybe I would tell that ten year old to be more patient, more loving, have more empathy, more sympathy, and be um, more grateful. I think that's what I would do. I think he'd be now. Maybe, maybe that would have changed a lot of things. Maybe he wouldn't have survived, uh, succeeded to the degree that um, we're taking the risk that I did along the way. And what do you think? If he'd had more love and empathy and grace and compassion, um, because those are outward emotions, and most of my young adult life was really. Inwardly focused, I was trying to solve problems inside of me mm -hmm. that I didn't even know I had, <clears throat> mm -hmm. but I was doing it through um, taking risks and uh, succeed, finding success. That's what I thought, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, as you g get older, you know, you, it becomes very clear that we're really here for one purpose, and that is to love one another. Mm -hmm. And if you do that, uh, make that your priority, all the rest seems to fall into place. Mm -hmm. It's part of the divine journey. It is. Yeah, interesting. Well, then maybe you would have just given that little 10-year-old an envelope that says, don't open this till you're 73. 73. <laughs> and it says, love more, give more. Yep, yep. <laughs> exactly. That's awesome. Um, here's another question for you. What, um, What's a question you have yet to answer? Like a question that you have yet to find the answer to. Well, all my life... I've uh, been asking myself, what is, what is it that's right in front of me that I can't see? That's that question. I, I probably ask myself that mm, two, three, four, five times a month. Mm -hmm. And it has to do with opportunity because I, I see, generally I see abundance everywhere and opportunity. And sometimes, I've well, through life lessons, I've learned that um, even though that the good is appear, appears before us, that there's even more good if we're willing to look harder. And when I say look harder, I really mean act in a more loving, more generous way. Mm -hmm. And then the abundance is even greater. It's, some, it's like I've learned in some of the classes that if we're using human tools to solve our human problems, we don't get the injection of the energy from the divine. And the divine is really where the return is wanting to be doled out to us in an abundant way and all we have to do is release it and succumb to it or um what's the word i always search for surrender surrender there you go all we have to do is surrender and to the divine and the divine will take care of the rest mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i think that's absolutely true what uh pivoting a little bit what's your favorite johnny memory Probably, I was thinking about this a few weeks ago when we were in Mexico, and that was when each one of your kids was born, because um, I was thinking about new life when it was mentioned about new life, <coughs> and I was imagining each one of you as just as they were, each of you was born, mm -hmm. and um, you know, first of all, you have to know, I thought I wanted one child because I didn't <laughs> want more than one child to go through the childhood that I went through, and I wasn't sure I could provide better than one child. So then we had two. And then I thought, oh my gosh, I've got, I'm a father of two. This is not supposed to be happening. 
And then, then you came along, and I'm thinking, oh gosh, I got three kids. Where's this? Where's this going to lead? But your mother wanted a big family, and I didn't like conflict. So, <laughs> so clearly, she provided the inseam on her pants were a lot, a lot longer than mine. She stood, ta- stood taller than I did. Yeah, she wore the pants in that department. So, um, I think my favorite. Uh, Johnny King, I I always tell the Johnny King stories from second grade. I think it was when uh, well, there were two instances. I love this about you when we were we were at a baseball outing in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We you and I went to dinner and it was just you and me, and we'd gone over there for the weekend for the baseball for my tournaments. Yep. Yeah. And uh, we came out of Macaroni Grill and we were driving back and it was a hot night. We had the air conditioning on, and you were looking out the passenger window, and there's a convertible next to us, and it looked like a guy driving a young woman. She had a way too much makeup, and he looked like he was probably uh, representing her in any way he could probably sell her skills to the general public. And uh, <laughs> That's I, one way of putting it. Yeah, and I, I, I thought to myself, now, do I bring this up, or do I just let it go? And then I thought, okay, I better bring it up at your... You were like 12 or 13 at the time, I think. Yeah. And I said to you, Johnny, um, do you know what that girl probably does for a living? And you said, you looked at me and you said, I think so. And then you looked back out the window looking at her again. And I said, what do you think? And he says, you said, I think she's a prostitute. And I said, I think you're right. And then you turned to me and you said, I used to get those confused with pedestrians. <laughs> <laughs> so, I just picture all these pedestrian signs along the pedestrian road and crossing. <laughs> pedestrian crossings you're confusing them with prostitute crossings and I think oh that's why I love this kid <laughs> I think I yeah I think I I continue to have that issue is that like dyslexia I don't think so no I don't think but so but I used to like cross two things you, you know? know what your grandmother did that I do that your sister oldest sister does that yeah yeah it's just um I don't know. It's just probably a, a lazy brain. Yeah, I told I told the story on one of my previous <clears throat> podcasts about the time that I was telling everyone that I was had the best Halloween. I was going Halloween, you know, trick or treating, going from condom to condom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. I thought you told your grandparents said your grandparents lived in a condom. No, it was over at cousin Jason's oh, in okay. their uh, in their neighborhood and they you know it's just all those condominiums right i, I was meaning condos sure but I was confused with condoms yep <clears throat> gotta gotta love those plentiful condoms yep. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah that's a good a good johnny a good johnny, jo- johnny story moment. yeah yep. i appreciate it <clears throat> yeah here's another pivot random question for you that i just ran came up with if mom were here mm-hmm. she was sitting here at this table with us on vacation she was only here for an hour. What would be something that you'd want to tell her? Oh, you got to try that chocolate peanut butter pie last night. It was <laughs> incredible. Oh, my gosh. She would have loved that. She would have loved that. Oh, yeah, for years, um, I took great pride in finding <laughs> finding desserts in the kitchen when there was absolutely no, nothing in the cabinet. And I'd say, do you want me to fix your dessert? And she said, there is nothing to fix for dessert. I said, I'll be back in a little bit, <laughs> and I'd come up with something amazing, and she and I just, just, you know, dive into that. It was so good, 
So what would I tell her if I had one hour? One hour, that's a long time. Yeah, what about? Maybe one minute. One minute, five minutes. All is well here on earth. <laughs> yep. You left uh, You left everybody in good hands. Yeah, exactly. In good state. You're all contributing smart people. <laughs> good There's citizens the, of the world. We have that recording that you sent, <clears throat> I think me, Pete, and Katie, the, my two older, older siblings, that one year at camps, summer camp, that cassette tape recording of you and James, otherwise known as Jamie at the time. Right. I think you guys were still living in Connecticut. What I don't recall. It was 20 minutes of you describing what you'd eaten over the last 24 hours, <laughs> just in the same way that you do it now. Like, really? Oh my gosh, guys. Then you had this Oreo cream filling drizzled on top. It was, oh my gosh, Sally, come here. Tell them how good it was. All she does is comes like, yeah, it was really good. You know, and then she <laughs> goes off. And it was literally like, 20 minutes of you discussing what you guys had for dessert. The yeah, I'm a foodie. And you're very much a foodie. I'm a foodie. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Whenever I walk in the house, you're watching the Food Channel. I do like it. I like I like uh, food porn. Food porn. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like recipes, and I like uh, great presentation and delicious food. They're they're addictive, man. I've watched some of those shows on Netflix, and they're whether it be the baking contest, cooking contests, or you know, it's interesting they because such a good job they, they're so creative, and that's yeah. really what I'm, I'm drawn to. I'm drawn to creative, innovative people who take risks, and that's what a lot with these chefs do. It's a lot like art, though, too. And it's art, yep. That's pretty cool. I like the videography and the way the presentation is uh, done. Like it's, It looks so good, like it could be on the front of a magazine. <clears throat> yeah. Yep. Well, we all we all have limited time in this human experience Mm -hmm. but what's the one thing that you'd want to make sure that all your kids know or remember about you um i'm not guilty i didn't do it whatever (laughs) (laughs) please forgive me for whatever you think i did because i didn't do it um no let me think i guess you know i think most of you most of you already know it i mean you're figuring it out or already have figured it out in most cases that um you know, the real fulfillment in life is all about giving. Mm-hmm. And when you're grateful and you're filled with joy and happiness, that uh, that's about as good as it's going to get. It doesn't matter what your surroundings are. It doesn't matter. I put a post up today. It didn't matter what the coffee tastes like or the table linens look like. Granted, it's nice to be in a nice place, but even if it weren't, even if we weren't in this nice place, mm-hmm. there's joy and happiness, an abundant amount of it everywhere and it's just a momentary change of thought to get there mm-hmm. traveling at the speed of thought is something that uh, i would hope that you could all figure out and uh, exercise and ultimately tap into whenever you need it because I, I think life is still going to continue as always has for all mankind to throw us curves mm-hmm. and those curves are not not fun and they're <laughs> they're great teachings uh, opportunities, yeah, learning case. opportunities. Mm. So that's, I guess, what I would tell all of you. Yeah. <clears throat> well, it's been pretty fun, obviously. I mean, our joke for a little while there after mom passed away and you lost 120 pounds was that we lost mom and lost half our dad. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> but, you know, to give you credit, I remember thinking that, I remember thinking after I went to my first Tony Robbins event mm-hmm. and then I enrolled you and Christina, Christina and, and Molly, Molly yep. to go so I could 
I could go again. Right. Because <laughs> I would get a free ticket if I enrolled three people. Yeah. I was like, I had to go back again. I remember thinking, like, Tony had given us the, the key to the kingdom. It was like the, the key to hacking life and, right. and happiness. It's but true. I do, but I do remember thinking that you were going, but I didn't think that anything would really come of it. And then to fast forward to now, we have conversations about things at depth that I don't think I ever even remotely thought that you were capable of it, you know, in terms of being vulnerable or opening up. That's kind of the same thing, but, you know, having just, I don't know, it's been pretty cool, I think, to have not really had much of a relationship with you for 30 years of my life, and then the last 11 have been, I mean, we talk almost every day. Yeah. Right, and it doesn't have to do with chocolate peanut butter pie. <laughs> yeah, Believe it's pretty that. amazing. I mean, you've come a long, long way. Well, maybe it's because we both come a long way. I think the uh, the self awareness journey is um, incredibly rewarding. It's something I can't get enough of, and I. It's interesting. I guess I'd ask you, why why does it mean so much to you? Which part? The self awareness. The education that you've gotten so far and why you couldn't wait to go back to Tony <clears throat> Robbins way I can't wait to get my hands on the next book uh, because I knew I was <laughs> I knew I was failing up to that point you know in many different ways and so for me it was uh, it's like okay I've been struggling on on like it's literally like I'm I envision myself like bushwhacking you know through the jungle. Through the jungle. That's my way of like going through life and then you have to stop and you're exhausted and you want to like, you're looking at your map. You don't even know where you are, you yeah. know, compared to <laughs> more or less what I felt like someone plucked me out of that and put me down on a highway, you know, yeah, <laughs> in a car, you know, and that's how much like progress you can make as you're speeding down the highway at 80 miles an hour compared to bushwhacking on foot. I feel like that's just personal development is like the path to getting what you want and to me that's like that's the whole purpose of life is to <clears throat> is to become that person that you can be proud of and admire within yourself self-love in the pursuit of whatever it is that you want you right know? i i guess i would translate that for myself into the 320 pound herb mm -hmm. when sally passed I was a guy carrying all this excess baggage, mm -hmm. and it was mentally it was mental baggage, and it reflected itself in my weight through uh, obsessive eating. Mm -hmm. And as I let go of the, I guess I let go of the weight first, but in a way that was letting go of the unhappy me. And as I found solutions through uh, the different teachers. To unpacking the baggage, I realized that my life would be a lot more fulfilling and easy because I'm not dragging this these heavy suitcases of baggage through my life. Um, I was liking it, you know, the fact that Southwest Airlines doesn't charge for excess baggage, <laughs> extra baggage, but um, that doesn't mean you need to bring it. Why why bring two bags when you can get away with one? Mm -hmm. So let's get away with just one or maybe even a half a bag and lighten our load and express more joy, mm -hmm. feel more happiness, more fulfillment, give <clears throat> more, and ultimately we receive more mm -hmm. by not dr dragging this um, un 
unhappy, frustration, anxiety, and stress with us. Mm-hmm. Amen. And I think the, the the thought that I had too about the whole personal development story has allowed me to kind of reframe even all the things that have happened to me, whether it be my divorce or mom's passing or you coming out. Like that, I used to see that as stuff that was happening to me. You know, right. You know, it's kind of a either I got to choose to be a victim or a victor to that. Versus, the, you know, what we've talked about before is life happening for, for you, you know. Right. And had mom not passed away, I don't think I'd ever have had a relationship with you. I probably would have continued to, you know, resent and hate the childhood that I had. And, you know, like you said, looking back on it, it was so much better than <laughs> most people in the world ever lived. But in the moment, comparatively, I was heartbroken and wanting, you know, a dad. Right. Right. But I don't. I I really do question of like, man. If mom hadn't have passed away, you know, I don't know if you would have come out. I don't know if you would have lived your truth. I don't know if we would have. So much of our journey, kind of for me, begins with you coming out, right? Because it allowed me to like say, oh, you know what? Like it just put things in perspective. And I was like, you know what? <laughs> for all my grievances, I saw for the first time like not so much dad the hero you know or or dad who was the savior who could have saved me but didn't whatever victim story i had made up right that you were just another brother if you will on the journey you just happened to be born before me yep <laughs> going through your own shit you know and so i just had so much more compassion for you in that sense and that allowed me to heal a lot of that resentment and anger that i had and then that's when i felt like our relationship started to to move in the right direction well, i know? guess i'd compliment you too that you know most people don't know they have the ability to choose their thoughts. And once you have that education, and I think you would have found that education no matter what, mm-hmm. because you were in a lot of pain from other other uh, teaching sources. Mm-hmm. And once you understand that we have choices every day and the kind of life and the kind of day that we experience by choosing the proper thoughts, yeah, I think you would have found that and been happy ultimately anyway Mm -hmm. but the fulfillment that we receive um as a result of the pain that we've experienced is directly in uh, contrast i think and we have so much more to be grateful for you know and it was shirley mclean she's a old-time actress um she was being interviewed on the tonight show i think it was with johnny carson years ago and he said who's been your greatest spiritual teacher and she said, the people that have hurt me the most. And I thought I, that's always stuck with me because the mm-hmm. uh, the worse the pain, the greater the growth. Mm-hmm. Because you can't you can't quit. You can't mm-hmm. give up. I mean, people do commit suicides, but that's never an option as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. And those life lessons that are learned when you're deep, deep in pain by somebody that you really cared about is actually a tremendous gift. Mm-hmm. So that reminds me of the uh, Tony Robbins experience when he says, you know, if you're going to give people the power to hurt you or to, to blame to blame people right. for, <clears throat> you know, ruining your life or for ruining your life, you have to give them credit for th- making your life pretty fabulous, too, or making or making you to be the, the person that you are today. Right. You know, it's sh- my mom you for the better. Yeah. My mother was loved by so many people. She was funny. She was uh joyful she was almost 
always up. She was always giving. She was very fulfilled mm-hmm. in many, many ways. But yet I resented some of the things that, uh, you know, she didn't do, like calling, you know, telling us that she loved us. Mm-hmm. Um, I told her one time when she moved to, to St. Louis, she'd have a minor stroke, and I insisted she moved to St. Louis. And I said, it will be really nice if you came to St. Louis and told us you loved us, <laughs> and especially one of my brothers who really needed to hear that. And she said, well, I tell you I love you. And I said, no, you don't. Mm-hmm. And she she really had to reckon with the fact that she didn't. You know, she was thinking she did in her actions, but she never verbally said it. So mm-hmm. we got her to finally say it, and it made a big difference. Yeah, she started saying it to us grandchildren too. Yeah. Which was yeah. like, wait, what? Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny how, how far that goes, you know, but that we do feel like, oh, I... I may not say it, but I, I show it to you. or Right. You know, it's kind of like those love languages. Exactly. It's like you have to got to show it in all areas always, yep. you know. So, well, thanks for kicking it with me once again. You bet. I, I cover a lot it. of interesting territory. Absolutely. Absolutely. And every time we learn a little bit more and it sheds a little more light on our past and why we have got an incredible future to look forward to. Exactly. Exactly. I love you very much. Love you too. I'm really proud of what you do. Likewise. Likewise. Merry Christmas to everyone uh, that is listening. For those of you that uh, may listen to this after Christmas, hope you had a wonderful Christmas. Happy New Year. And let's make 2021 the best year yet. Thanks, Pops. You bet. And I want to thank you so much for listening to The Johnny King Show. And hey, if you got something positive from this episode, please subscribe to the show, share it on your favorite social platform, and then tag me in it so I can say hi. It would also mean the world to me if you wrote a review of the show on Apple Podcasts because I read every single one. Do you feel like there's something I could be doing better? Awesome. I totally thrive on constructive feedback, and it's always welcome. So if you've got questions or concerns, you can always reach me via email at podcast at johnnyking.com. And then please follow me on Instagram at Johnny King, Facebook.com backslash Johnny King Men's Coach on my YouTube channel and LinkedIn. Thanks again for joining me. I've been Johnny King. You've been amazing. And we'll catch up with you next time. Take care.